Welcome to Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. We've been discussing overlooked films and TV and pitching spontaneous original movie ideas for over three years, but our tenure as your neighborhood film hags is drawing to a close. In today's final episode, we'll be reminiscing on some of the most notable head scratchers, recalling some of our favorite pitches and giving you one more for the road. And as our final theme, we're reminding teacher one last time she forgot to assign homework as we report back on the most storyboard-esque movies we could find. Pull up a chair, baby. It's been over three years and we're putting a nice bow on it, which I feel like is, we decided it would be nice to actually have like a final, like a finale. So many podcasts just like (laughs) disappear and you're like, I hope they're doing okay. Like never (laughs) that thing had seven episodes and then question mark. So they um, divorce or (laughs) yeah. Like, was there some, you know. (laughs) Or they just were, I mean, more realistically, like, holy shit, this is way a lot of work if yeah. we're not making this our job. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're rounding things out um, for you, our storyboard pals. All right. <laughs> I well, like, what's the first thing we're talking about? <laughs> well, I was like, I mean, this is going to be really navel gazy, so there's no getting around it. I don't, I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing, but I'm like, what makes a story like when you're looking for a an episode or a, a movie to talk about like no matter what the theme I was trying to think of like what kind of things you look for I don't know like um yeah. and so I I kind of was like okay well I think I wrote it down somewhere um oh yeah what makes for the ideal storyboard film um so um sorry I'm always giving myself homework anyways this just helped me clarify a specificity of location or theme so like people trapped in an elevator or something I know I hate that but you know what I mean just something like okay this horror movie (laughs) not that this horror movie is set like on an escalator or something for 90 minutes I kind of love it I don't know they can't get Uh, off (laughs) yeah I cannot um self I was gonna say like self-assured but like oddball tone Mm-hmm. Um, a stacked cast of character actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you got your, you know, I don't know who, who exists, JT Walsh and Jillian Anderson. I don't know, whatever, just uh, people of note. The fact that like no one's talking about it, obviously hidden gem. Um, and for me, just, you know, great fashions, interiors, interesting camera work. And then, you know, like mystery or something, a murder, a hook, something, oh, some thrills, <laughs> some thrills and chills. I yeah. Think for sure. so anyway, I know that maybe that all sounds vague or too specific. I don't know, but that's kind of, I feel like what I end up gravitating towards, not to say I couldn't be surprised, but uh, yeah, it's you know, fair. it's so interesting. Cause I was looking back through all the episodes and just kind of trying to think of like, what, like how to define it. And it's definitely one of those for me where I'm like, well, I know when I see it, <laughs> I don't just know like I justice. I don't know his name says <laughs> about yeah. porn. I don't know. But I think, you know, like you said, there is a hidden gem quality. Although sometimes I feel like, well, I mean, I feel like every film podcast thinks this, but we'll cover yeah. something and then it a few oh, like a up. month later. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, there's actually gonna be like a this criterion is actually releasing this or something like that, which is good. 
but maybe we um, should have done like a segment of told you so's or something oh yeah <laughs> well because like so many you know i don't know how did this get made did a few things we talked about um yeah uh, probably coincidence, but no, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And like criterion, I don't know. Yeah. I've definitely seen interest in certain things. I'm like, Oh, we covered that. I don't know, which I'm sure yeah. it's just because it's in the ether. I'm acting like it's in the ether. I, yeah. Like when I get a Spotify, Spotify discover list, I'm like, I don't know. I hear it on like those songs on someone else's list. I'm like, Oh, I'm not special. Like they, you know, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> find like anybody. That. It, just, it just put out there as an algorithm. Like, Oh, okay. I do think there is a certain tone well there's a range of tones I guess that I think of as storyboard-esque um I do agree that like well probably especially your picks are usually very aesthetically captivating beguiling (laughs) if you will I also think there's a tendency for both of us to love things that are like it may have been um put out by a major studio but it kind of was just like a like it fell through the cracks a bit. Like it's not necessarily all like independent film. It's, um, often... yeah, it could be like minor works, forgotten works. Yeah. Um, definitely maligned things. I'm very interested in maligned things, maligned things, um, early works by people who later want to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or directors that just did like one thing, or maybe they were like a cinematographer or, uh, or, you know, some other, you know, part of the crew and they did like one film. Yeah. I don't know. Um, or an actor that did a film. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of different. I don't know. Could be anything. That's the thing. But you said the tone. I don't know if I talked about, I really might've talked about this last episode, but I did start a list on Letterboxd that is very storyboard. <laughs> Sorry to keep saying that word, but it's a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is now maybe. It's coined. Yeah. And um, I did a uh, started a list called inexplicable tone. And so I've been trying to put in uh, probably many things that I will be discussing today mm-hmm. on that list. Um, I mean, we can get right into it. I mean, yeah, I yeah, I was going through the old the archives, um, and I I saw some good ones like Mother's Boys. Um, I think that was the name of an episode, but it's a Jamie Lee Curtis movie. But yeah, Mother's Boys. Um, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis is like a psycho, sexy divorcee that's trying to like kind of like. I think ruin her ex-husband's life and sort of like seduce her kids back. I don't know. There's some weird like mothers in the bath, like grab the, give her lots of wine or something. I don't know. Um, so, you know, that's another thing uh, with us. And I feel like we always stumble upon these very awkward, like, ooh, like collar pull, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, is this okay? I don't know. This isn't right, but I'm not a, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to it's- provide information. <laughs> It's like dicey without having, it's not like identified as such, or we didn't seek it out as a dicey movie, but then it's just, it just (laughs) befell us. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, Did you want to pop in or should I just go down my awkward list? Oh yeah. So just to be clear, this is, we're talking about the head scratchers, our top, top, uh, oh, you said (laughs) question mark questionable tone um yeah just some notables so that way if you're like this is my first episode we'll give you this is a you know what's it called the cheat sheet or whatever of you know you could either check these out or if you're intrigued you know listen to old episodes i don't know but yeah just to be clear do not check these out anything i pick do not check mine are pretty fun i don't know okay (laughs) i the edge Oh, well, this is also classic us is that we interpreted the stated, like written 
We misunderstand our, we misunderstand our own homework assignment. Yeah. That no one cares about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's right. That is a hallmark. Uh, so I definitely picked things. I really focused on the, like, Hmm, very questionable or like what's going on here. Low lights of things that I covered or talked about. Or maybe I'm more like forgiving of <laughs> like, but they're stylish. So anyway, well, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, so I guess the one that I'll start with is don't tell her it's me slash boyfriend school, which I mentioned as a radar pick. Um, it is 1990. And it's Steve Gutenberg. I almost am like, how could I possibly explain this? Steve I Gutenberg. I watched it kind of recently-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like a cartoonist who recently beat cancer. So he, they have him in this, like, I mean, it's really bad. They have him in like a fat suit with like a bald head. And he's like, no one oh, will ever like yeah. me. Oh. And then Shelly Long, who I love, is his sister, which is obviously what like drew me to watch the movie. And she's like, oh, I'm going to set you up with this hot woman and uh he gets kind of like a makeover and uh pretends to be a biker from new zealand okay with like a long mane and tricks jamie gertz into liking him um it's a it's a to me it was a head scratcher i it's it's not awful and actually shelly long's outfits in it are really good because it's like mentioned this to me. It's like, oh, 1990 is like the most eighties decade in style oh, yeah. in movies. I think, I think James like had a theory or, you know, whatever, something to where he was like, um, yeah, where like 1990 is the most eighties year of style or vibe or whatever. And then, so whatever, I don't know how to describe that. Like, so 1980 is actually the most seventies year, which that may be, yeah. true. that's not true. I do feel like 1970 is kind of the most sixties year in a way. Yeah. So anyways, at least I stand behind it. I think it makes sense in a weird it, way. It makes sense at least for style in this movie, yeah, because yeah. it's just, it's such an eighties premise and aesthetic and yeah, it's just, it's, just um a rom-com where you're like this feels like i'm just not sure what they're going for it's gross it's like very strange it definitely has that trope of like i have like i'm hiding something or i'm not who i say i am which is a misunderstanding or yeah there's like a yeah a really creepy i'm just lying to this woman that i want to or whatever yeah Almost um, like it could actually like in 2021 be like a weird Hallmark movie if they just changed like a few. He was like a toy soldier or a, an elf or a whatever they do in those. Like, doesn't he have to be inanimate, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> boy that come to life? <laughs> okay. Lars is showing she has not watched a single Hallmark movie. <laughs> well, everyone I hear about is always like a snowman that comes to life or a, I don't know, a medieval like, night or Okay, well, maybe I'm I'm listening to the wrong podcast about what Hallmark movies are. Maybe okay. they're. I mean, they're mostly Ken dolls, but they're real men. Okay, okay, they're not like princes or oh, sometimes princes, whatever. yeah, but they're or not like usually like any old man that's like I've got I can be young for one day. Trick does want it a fucking me or something that sounds more like boyfriend school honestly okay, totally. okay. um i don't even know if we've really said that these are movies we've covered before i don't even know if yeah really said. sorry so basically we're, we're this is our clips show i'm sorry if i didn't make that clear these are the the old ones and then we'll get into some like you know yeah new storyboard-esque are they better i don't know but anyway um okay so a couple of that i mentioned i think for some reason, I, I grouped them together in my mind because I found a couple of 
I think they both have like Ryan O'Neill or something. Anyways, um, this was like Radar from a while ago. It was Chances Are and then another movie called Partners. And I think Chances Are is like Ryan, like Robert Downey Jr. is like speaking of, I don't know why my, it's being this like creepy, like light incest. <laughs> um, I think like Robert Downey Jr. gets reincarnated and like somehow like falls in love with his own mom or something. It's something weird like that. Yeah. It's not that, but it's something where, he it's a back to the future but there's like reincarnation instead of time travel or whatever um anyway so uh there's that that exists um and then partners was like Ryan O'Neill uh I think it's basically like cruising but like a comedy I mean not that literally but just as far as like there are murders and I have to have like for whatever reason for the case I have to have a a gay partner to solve it to kind of get me into the scene or whatever and I think John Hurt is his partner and of course he is just you know, mm. mincing around, like, you know, I mean, it's that kind of vibe. And so, um, you know, probably very problematic. Um, yeah. So these are low lights, a lot of these. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Another one I'll just pop in, uh, shy people, which was like, um, just, I'm, I'm really being brisk or brusque or whatever, because I don't remember a lot of these. So I'm like, mm, and moving yeah. on, um, shy people, um, was like J- uh, Jill Clayburgh, and Martha Plimpton, so you're like, oh, I'm on board. And they're like, somehow they're like in the bayou, and I can't remember why. They're like New York City gals, but if they're in the oh, bayou, that's right. And it's sort of deliverancey in that way. And I think, yeah, uh, what's his name? Patrick, um, Patrick Swayze's brother is in it, and maybe some of their character actors. And it is just like, oh, and I think this the director is like the cinematographer that's worked with like Tarkovsky or something. So you're like, there's a lot here. It's one of those movies where. And someone could probably convince me that it's actually genius, you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the cinematography and the, yeah, you know, sure. I mean, you're taking it too seriously, babe, you know, um, but, um, but it's strange anyway. It's very, yeah. That was a good example of when we were like, I'm not sure what the intention what was, the, but yeah, the way it lands is definitely not. Hmm. <laughs> it's a real quest, a real question mark. Yeah. Um, well, another uh, a low light for me, and I think I briefly mentioned this because I had actually watched this thinking maybe it could work for our work episode, um, but it was just, it was too much. It was too much for me. It was too much. Uh, Club Lingerie from 2014. Um, the description of it just does not convey what the product actually is the description is in order to revamp the once famous nightclub she inherited from her grandfather renee employs lingerie models which attract more customers but also an unknown killer now okay. it's oh it sounds like a I usa mean, up all night movie you know yes, like or basically like an updated pretty much but it's like it's acted i mean the acting you're like did you just like find people on like Melrose and asked if they wanted to be in a movie. And then like the poster and all the advertising is like Andy Dick in, but then like Andy Dick is in it for approximately 30 seconds. It's like a poster of his face is on a yeah. wall. Yeah. And it's just, um, anyway, I don't remember much about it. I can just tell you that my letterboxd review, all it says is bar rescue meets in the microwave. <laughs> Because I remember they're like, oh, yeah, we got shut shut down because we were we had meat. So we didn't have a kitchen. So we're putting them in the microwave. (laughs) 
It's oh, like this. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying meets. Okay. I know. But it's like women in lingerie in this bar. It's anyway, it, <laughs> I don't know what the tone is. It's almost, I don't know. It's almost like a shot on video horror, but it's so, I, you don't know what you're watching. I mean, God bless <laughs> it. You know, it's, it's out yeah. there in the world. Um, I don't know what you're saying, like VHS, like video level or whatever, um, cinematography horror, because on like Tubi, I've gone, I've gone even more nuts on Letterboxd now that I've gone pro, <laughs> you know, brag. Um, because I didn't know that you could sort it by like streaming services if you went pro and it's like, it's like $19 a year. It's like, so I was like, oh, this is amazing. So I, that way I can be even more of a nerd and like sort it by, you know, what's on Tubi, what's on Canopy and all that. Anyway, Tubi, as always, has so much great horror, but I've found even more like weird thing. Anyway, speaking of which, there's literally a movie. I want to see a horror movie. This is not really to what we're talking about. Um, it's just literally called Things. It's just, <laughs> it's just like a guy, like a mullet, basically, on the cover. And he's just kind of like a casual guy. And like, I don't even know if it's like a violent image or anything. He's just like a guy. And he's like, it's just called Things. And I'm <laughs> sorry. I was like, I have to know what these things are. <laughs> are I have things? to discover. Are they violent things like alien monster things or is it like slasher things or something else? Things he collects, you know, yeah, from collecting things that I need to know about. Anyway, that's all. I just, every time I go by it, I'm just like things. Sorry. I just like, like I'll get to, it. I'll get to you someday. Things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry to go on a things tangent. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't remember you talking about that one, actually. I think I would have remembered. I think I briefly, I think it has a a one sentence mention where I was (laughs) like, I watched this. Don't recommend it. It's interesting. Um, so covered is I, like I said, I, I interpreted, (laughs) I really went like, I don't, I really imprinted on the watch out very strange watch out part yeah. warning you against and yeah, i yeah. didn't imprint as much on like things we had really covered okay okay um another horror dicey question mark one not that well kind of dicey uh blood beat um that i mentioned oh who hell knows when probably like horror or something um so it is a cabin in the woods with like meeting your parents family and um so you think okay it's probably gonna be some sort of slasher thing or maybe it's possession you know you can tell like the mom um is kind of feeling like vibes from this this new girlfriend or wife or whatever she is and you think there's gonna be something there i'm trying to remember the year offhand i want to say like around 83 or something anyway and so you can tell like the mom has got like i mean maybe some of the siblings too have like a kind of a power or sense or whatever but it's very unclear and then Sorry to spoil this movie from 500 years ago, um, <laughs> but I've already told you about. But um, the the girlfriend like becomes possessed by a Japanese samurai, and it comes out oh. of nowhere. Like it is kind of beautiful <laughs> because you're like, what? Like, <laughs> why? Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. There, there's no mention. Like she's not. I don't even think she's like. Oh yeah, in college I studied Japanese history or anything or anything like that you know no wow. it's just, just there and no clues you know no Chekhov's samurai and they're, they're just serving um, on up <laughs> yep yep they're like what's a what's a thing she could be uh this um anyway so yeah I guess it could be dicey but it's almost like it's so weird that I'm like yeah okay sure you um, just gotta go with it 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've got a couple more. You want to? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking through. I'm like, well, what is another good example? Uh, this one I covered kind of recently. Rosalie goes shopping, I think oh, yeah. for our scammers episode. And it's, it's audience is out there somewhere, I guess. It's there's lots of pastels, interesting cinematography, but it's like, so it's about a German immigrant who is addicted to shopping and credit cards and who is like stealing from her kid. It's like such an American story. It's a classic yeah. American tale to, mm-hmm. you know, pay, you know, kind of a robbing Peter to pay Paul, let's say mm-hmm. sort of scenario, but then it turns into this kind of, again, like success story. So I, it's like one of those things where I'm like, actually on paper, what it's describing feels very prescient. But then mm-hmm. when you're watching it, you're like, I don't know what I'm looking at <laughs> <laughs> because it's just kind of like a, like a lighthearted eighties kind of screwball comedy, but then mm-hmm. it's very, um, it's dark. Yeah. It's oh, dark, I was gonna it's say dark past- but it doesn't know it. The pastel of it all sounds like, was it she devil? Yeah, um, kind there, of yeah. a She-Devil vibe, okay, actually. I really like She-Devil. The cover does not do it justice. I don't know if we've no. talked about it a couple of times, I think. But that's another one. Uh, I don't know if that's really a head-scratcher, but it's 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 actually way more like, I don't know if humane is the word, but, you know, it's it's more charming than you think. I thought it, it was more charming. Roseanne, like, screaming at Meryl Streep, but it was actually really good. Yeah. Uh, and pastel. Um, and very pastel. <laughs> I, um... I think I covered it at some point. I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a music episode. It might've been Wild Rides or something. Um, Der Fan, which is the fan, a uh, German film. It's confusing because there is another film like from, I think this was like 80, 81, 82. And there's another movie from around that time called The Fan with like Lauren Bacall. I think it's a stalker movie. Anyway, this one is German. And it's about a teenage girl that is obsessed with a certain kind of new wavy sort of MTV musician. And she kind of just sort of like, I don't know if she like really cons her way, but kind of just anyways ingratiates herself uh, enough to like kind of get a one-on-one with him. And you think, uh Oh, he's going to take advantage of her. And it is the opposite. <laughs> she like her fandom uh, reaches a level. And I, I may have gone into, it. I kind of don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's so like shocking that I, hmm. it's nuts that when it happens, um, but yeah, I, sorry. I feel weird spoiling something that I've already brought Like audition about. style? Um, that crazy? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Maybe crazier if that's Ooh, possible. Wow. Does she, does she consume him in audition? Because she eats him. Okay. She eats him. <laughs> She's, yeah. so sorry. Sorry. Um, I've talked about it before. That's fair game. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like, it works in the movie. It's yeah. not like torture porn. I don't think, um, yeah, it totally works. And it's like the eighties. So like this concept could work. If it were made nowadays, I'd be like, no, uh, you know, uh, the poster on Tubi would scare me or not scare me. But like, <laughs> gross. Um, what is this? An army hammer biopic? <laughs> oh, wow. That's another thing we should have just done. We were right. Told you so. We were told. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're on I, record. Told you yeah. so. Yeah, Meg said it first. Season She's one. Like, that guy is gonna try to eat some lady. <laughs> yeah, no need to listen back. Don't you worry don't need about to it. Don't play a bag, but that's pretty much what she said. Basically. Um, I'm trying to think if I had any major <laughs> did I call out any I know we should have like I don't know. I should have gone through the, <laughs> the transcripts. Um 
but uh, another crazy one that I, I don't know if I covered, I think I did, um, split second, uh, I did not write down any of these years, so I am sorry. Um, I want to say like late 80s, mid late 80s, something like that. Um, maybe early 90s, because <laughs> right. it's all the same. Um, Rutger Hauer is like this, it's sort of like this dystopian future. That's all I, I remember everything was like really flooded, like everything, of course, like dark and like, you know, all the streets are like flooded or something. And he's like, uh, I guess, basically a detective, like tracking down a killer. So there's a serial killer. And I want to say, maybe I'm conflating this. I think there's some sort of like astrological element. And I want to say that this guy might have been a giant rat. Yes. Man. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. And I think Kim Cattrall was in it with her wig from Star Trek or yes. her hair. Maybe it wasn't a wig. But did, yeah. You, <laughs> didn't you show me this whole like, or like letterbox list of like how that haircut transcended cinema yes five movies or something it's its own genre i was like wow this is such a lars list yeah yeah (laughs) that haircut that was yeah tracing it through cinema history okay that could be one of the things i did post it before i saw this list in the list could have existed before but i did post about that i think one of us did i'm gonna say it was me i'll take credit (laughs) i don't know uh on our instagram i did post like wait a minute this haircut is from star Trek. yeah you did you're right okay there i got that hey because you're the one who told me about that movie and then we watched it and joel was like i fucking love this movie (laughs) i think i like it more now (laughs) because because of the because of the thing like because of like the whole reveal oh like you said he's a giant there's a giant rat man and right and that's a um um yeah um, which, <laughs> which I mean, speaking of, I mean, I'll just briefly mention like the biggest of all, like our mascot is yeah. Rat Boy. I How mean, we forget our we dear. Rat yeah, Boy? I was like, dare we even say it? Uh, it's canon. It's legend. It's yeah. If we had a trophy, if we had like an award show, the Rat Boy would be on it. You know, obviously. Yeah, in his little, in his little tux. A little, <laughs> yeah, and sunglasses. Um, people watch <laughs> that movie. Uh, yep. I don't know. I don't think it passed Rat Boy. I think that's that's the ultimate. I one. think that might have been the the ring the bell, <laughs> Rat Boy bell. Well. Uh, we were on the hunt as our final theme for the most storyboard-esque films. So um, we used to ourselves as a, as a little theme, uh, as an <laughs> inspiration board. No. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, I, got, I got a couple of, I may have gone extra. I've got like a five things. Um, okay. You start okay, then. I'll start. I'll start and then I'll kind of sandwich it. Well, my first one is Night Moves, 1992, directed by Carl Schenkel. Um, so it is Christopher Lambert as a chess, hmm. I don't know, grand champion. I don't know what you call it. You know. um, and he is uh, kind of roped into trying to solve an active serial killer case um, with Diane Lane. Um, hmm. And... It's really mostly Christopher Lambert shouting. And I'm like, why did we give him chances? Like, I loved Subway. And Subway, I don't think he really even talks that much. And that's, I think, the secret. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. I guess he's got a little bit of charisma. Does he? I don't know. But um, <laughs> he is, he's married to Diane Lane at the time. And they have no chemistry. 
So it's more like you're watching it for that inexplicable tone. Um, I like the specificity of like chess is going on and the introduction of a little bit of like kind of um, what's it called computerized or whatever chess, you know, uh, computer chess. And so there's that kind of like brought in as like, this is the future, you know? Um, and uh, I won't say like who the killer is. Um, and of course, the whole time they are assuming it's Lambert. Um, and, and then you get a couple of times you're like, well, is it? Um, but I will say within a couple of minutes, I was like, oh, it's this one person, this, like, that they're Brit, like, they think they're not like pointing at this person, but they completely are. Anyway, so I'm just saying, if you're halfway paying attention, you'll figure out who it is in like five seconds. Um, but still I was like, well, maybe they're smart enough to throw a little last minute twist. They weren't. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, it was hard to track down <laughs> and it was on, um, I think, okay. Are you or something? I don't know. I, um, but I don't know. I like a chess movie. I don't know. And of- I feel like this is a good example of something you've brought up before on the podcast, which is that you can't trademark a movie title. Cause there are a lot oh, of movies yeah. called night moves. Oh, like one true. of your favorite movies. Yes. I love night moves. night moves. And then there's um, the 2013 one about the eco terrorist. Um, yeah. Um, I'm totally blanking. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Um, Kelly Reichardt. Yeah. Uh, as a director. Yeah. The director. That, movie. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of night moves and I feel like I saw another maybe chess movie that uh was it called like red and red night white night or something like that uh with like helen mirren and tom scarrett recently and so i think i always conflate those these two movies there might not even be chess in that one it might just be like <laughs> i think it might be more of a cold war spy oh, you know yeah. we're, we're making moves on the board i don't even know if there's chess but in my head because of the name uh, it's like risk night. or something yeah 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 um so, you know, uh, yeah, that's why I was like, Night Moves is great because anytime I just am like, well, it exists. <laughs> it has some fun stuff, but there's a lot of moments where you're like, why is Christopher Lambert absolutely screaming? Um, his daughter is there like with him in this hotel room, a uh, young daughter. I think actually, the, oh yeah, this um, actor, uh, actor, I can't remember her name, but she wanted to be in Ginger Snaps. Like she's a famous like oh, actor. Interesting. Um, huh. Who's been in a bunch of like 150 things and she's like 30 years old. Wow. Okay. So yeah, she's, yeah, she was like the best part of the movie. And I think they're like a lot of points, like, again, it's one of those, like, I love it when you're like, why this? Why is this happening? Yeah. They don't explain it, but they have to like, talk to this guy on a phone that's in the basement of the hotel and the basement's like being like flooded. And like, again, it's like, I'm sure they give like a reason quote unquote, but it's like, well, why though? <laughs> Just because you wanted to like, this will be really like, I don't know, like instead of the steam and what's it called? The steam and smoke or whatever factory, like that's at the end of every like 90s yeah. movie. It's, it's a flooded basement. So <laughs> anyway, it's dire. Um, it exists. Well, a rousing recommendation yeah. there from Lars. Yeah. It said, I'm like, the theme is us. And I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> anyway, just like the kind of thing we would, we would like. Oh, that's good stuff. I have myself to blame. Well, I'll shift gears a little and uh, pick a movie by someone we've, covered multiple times we've covered multiple films of his wayne wang uh we've previously 
he's had a boy. If you want to just look up Wayne Wang's IMDb, he's really, he's done it all. He's been everywhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just done. It's a, it's been a journey. So we've, Laura's previously covered a uh, slam dance, which is one oh, of his yeah. like kind of gun for hire films. But then I also covered Chan is missing, which is like an incredible piece of American cinema. Mm. Uh, he also directed like, I mean, I don't know, like made in Manhattan and all kinds of weird shit again, gun mm. for hire, but he directed a, several films, particularly in the eighties that are, um, right now on canopy and criterion. So this one is dim sum, a little bit of heart from 1985 and, uh, similar to Chan is missing. It's set in the Bay area. It's set in, well, it's set in San Francisco's Richmond district. And basically it's just a very closely focused family dramedy i guess i would say about a widow who's about to celebrate chinese new year and she's convinced that she's gonna die so she wants to make one last trip to china before she passes away um and lives it's a kind of about her relationship with her daughter who lives with her and feels very obligated to like not move on with her life and kind of just take care of her um she also has this really charming brother-in-law who's in a number of wayne wig movies he is Victor Wong. He plays Victor Wong plays uncle Tam who runs this amazing Chinatown bar that like he loses money on because he just lets his friends come in and like drink like little bar flies. Oh, anyway, wow. it's just a very, um, understated, loving, realistic family centered drama that, you know, not only have we covered previous Wayne Wang movies, but I think it just really speaks to, we have a shared interest in kind of looking like reevaluating a director's career um, over the course of the podcast. I've watched so many of his films and I really do think he's like an underrated, uh, like generational talent. Uh, you just have to get past the, like he directed like Win Dixie or some shit like that, you oh, know, wow. but then it's like, Oh, but he also directed these like really gorgeous moving pictures especially about like second generation life the united states and it's also a really loving portrait of a of a san francisco that doesn't exist anymore so i think we also are very interested in that kind of like the textures of cities and people and places and communities that are not are no longer something you can see or visit necessarily hmm. uh so yeah it like i said it's on Criterion and Canopy are best friend forever. So I really recommend it. I mean, you know, maybe this will come out in 2020, beginning of 2022, maybe, you know, watch it for Chinese New Year. It's a it's a New Year movie for Chinese New Year. Yeah. What was the title again? Dim Sum, A Little Bit of Heart. Okay. Cool. Well, and as usual, you're bringing these like beautiful, humane stories and I'm like, here's something wacky. <laughs> here's some trash. Let me out. Sorry. Um, it's fine. Um, so it's the, it's the full experience. We gotta get exactly. I mean, it wouldn't be uh, truthful if I gave you anything that you know, uh, I don't know, meant anything that was like worthwhile. Okay. Uh, Bad Channels, 1992, uh, directed by Ted Nicolau. Um, so this is a great little horror find. Um, I stumbled upon. So you got a shock jock uh, that's kind of known for his stunts or, I mean, we all love that, right? Um, Anyway, so he's found himself because of like this, like this, was it a stunt? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. He basically had like (laughs) 
sex on the air. <laughs> like, whoops, it was an accident, folks. Like, we weren't supposed to. Oh, we geez. didn't know we were like leaning on that on the button or whatever the on air button. Anyway, so he's like, um, he's then punished uh, by like having to be in this like small nowhere town or something. And uh, there's a radio station that they just figured like, oh wait a minute, no one wants to have the. Um, I don't know anything about FM, AM, whatever radio, but let's just say they didn't, no one wants the dial of like 666. So I guess really it's 66. Uh-huh. I don't know. Something where like, oh, we can broadcast nationwide because no one wants the number 666 or something on there, you know, as a radio station. And so uh, he ends up there. Um, but somehow it's like a national news story, I guess, because he's like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. And so um, he's doing a couple like stunts on air and he's kind of like, oh, yeah. And at the same um, moment that this sort of like over the course of this night, I guess it is sort of like that is a classic. It all happens over one the course of one night. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Another uh, trope of ours. Um, and so there's this reporter, this lady reporter, and uh, <laughs> she sees a UFO and she was like, well, I'm going to stick around here because even though you're uh you know, trash, uh, there, there might be a, the scoop of the century. And so, um, anyway, basically over the course of the night, the alien like comes in, covers his, um, uh, what's it called? I should do this from Frasier, all his switchboard stuff, whatever, in like spores or something in alien goo or something. And, um, he's trying to convince everyone on, on the air cause it kind of sealed the door. And so he's stuck in there with an alien and he's trying to convince everyone that, guys, there's like truly an alien invasion, you know, whatever, but they're like, Oh, you're crazy. You know, you got, you're always doing the stunts or whatever. So you can't convince anyone because it's also a call in show. So he's getting called and people are like, you're hilarious <laughs> anyway. And um, I'm trying to think there should be a list about how many like movies have to do with like radio, uh, like college shows or like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Cause I was like, that seems, I was like, now that I'm saying it, I was like, it seems like to be kind of a theme. Yeah. That was all they had anyway. Um, so, okay, so the alien is basically, and again, for whatever reason, trying to capture uh, beautiful women into these little glass pods. So he has to like shrink them down. So he has to zap them from like through the, oh my God, I don't know any radio terms. So this is Me basically through the ether, through the wavelengths, whatever, zap these ladies into little glass pods. And you're like, okay, is this for fuel? Is this for, you know, probing? I don't know. Anyways, and so <laughs> over the course of the evening, um, the alien is, how do I say, uh, seducing these women through like, it's hard to explain, but basically say a woman's like working in a diner and she's like, oh, wow, I'm listening to this like radio show. This guy's crazy. And then all of a sudden she like feels like she's in a music video, like of whatever song that is playing. And so if it's like hair metal, then she like is kind of under the spell of this alien. And she thinks that she is like a, like a dancer in this like music video. So what she sees around her is like, you know, so the, as the audience, we're seeing the music video happen, but then it'll cut to her to sort of dancing like in this cafe and everyone's looking at her like, what's going on with this girl? <laughs> you know, like she's hallucinating. And so we as the audience get to see three full music videos. Oh. So anyways, and so then she's zapped into the pod. So it's almost like he's using the music from the radio station that I'm assuming is playing automatically. Cause why would that guy still be playing music when there's an alien? I don't know. So, okay, here's, here's my main point. First music video is hair metal. Uh, and it's like in a diner or whatever. Second one, uh, a girl's calling from a, a gymnasium, uh, like the school gym. And like, they're having band practice late at like 9 PM or something anyway. And also this woman's like 30. 
Um, but uh, it becomes Smells Like Teen Spirit. It becomes a grunge band playing. Oh. Like that's her music video is literally like they're in a, uh, you know, a gym and there's like a grunge band. I was like, oh my God, because I don't know if I see that much grunge music in like of this era. Just, it kind no. of like seemed refreshing because it seems What like year was this again? 92. Okay. Um, okay, but here's the thing. I need, I almost need you, everyone to watch this or you <laughs> to watch this. Because the third video is like, it's a woman, it's like a nurse in a hospital uh, is seeing this music video and she's in it. And the pain, like, anyways, basically the the band that keeps popping up that it goes unexplained, but whatever, there's the band that's in each one of these videos that they're the hair metal band, they're the grunge band. I'm assuming it's the same people. Yeah. This time I'm they're, sure. in cl- they're in clown masks and they're like in like um psych ward patients like in straight jackets maybe or whatever and they have like clown makeup and the song is very i don't know particular and so i'm just like i don't know if it's supposed to be insane clown posse or if it's supposed oh. to be like it wouldn't be like a slipknot because it's i just feel like it's a bit early i'm sorry i'm really na- like nailing this i'm just really gonna nail this down i'm really like um sorry if i'm obsessed but i need everyone to watch it and tell me who the third band is sorry this took me is it too early for insane clown posse yeah exactly but they like have clown masks on and the music is like i mean i'm not gonna sing it and embarrass myself but it's very (laughs) particular (laughs) and and it yeah anyway it's kind of it's not like rap rock or anything it's just right right but it's somewhere in a, I don't even know if I'd call it hardcore. I don't know. It's weird. So I just, I need everyone to tell me what that third band, the inspo would be. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you know, they throw out the alien, whatever in the end, but it's a great premise. Um, Cause again, the specificity of that and the fact that, you know, boy who cried wolf, I guess, or whatever, like we're not going to believe you. Right. you will be stunned. <laughs> classic. Um, classic. And, uh, and the videos I love, uh i don't know anyway so you know just really i'm really uh transfixed by this third band i gotta figure it out yeah anyway it's free on tubi everyone uh okay i'm not gonna be on the socials much more but i have to know please Uh, please reach out to lars i'm struggling yeah i gotta know identify the band well, I think that's like a good segue into mine, which actually, <laughs> no really, it actually is. No, it actually, you won't believe it, but it's true. Cause this is the one that you were like, oh, you take this one and I will, which is the legend of stardust brothers from 1985 oh. directed, directed. Well, I'm having a Steve rule moment over here. I, I can feel my th- mouth being like a mush mouth. Anyway, <laughs> legend of stardust brothers by Makoto Tezuka, who is like side note, the son of a really famous manga artist, uh, Osamu Tezuka. Uh, I just, I, I don't know anything about manga, but I do know that yeah. his dad is like of really note. famous All right. of note. Um, I'll just read the description, but it's, it's so much more than a description. Mm-hmm. Uh, shady music mogul brings together two wannabe stars, punk rock rebel Khan and his new wave crooner friend Shingo and transforms them into the Stardust Brothers, a girl-friendly silver jumpsuited synth pop sensation, along with their number one fan who herself dreams of music career, the duo rockets to stardom. And so it's a real rags to riches to rags story. Um, <laughs> like something I do remember about this movie is that Basically the soundtrack was already made. Like the songs were already made. And then they were like, oh, we were going to make a movie 
that like matches these like the songs on this album so it's basically like from music video like a music interlude it is a musical and I actually really loved it so that's something that Lars has helped me to come to terms (laughs) with find one thing that you oh yeah which sorry similar related side note I did watch Starstruck loved it I mean (gasps) it was great yeah I just watched it like the other day it was like it's kind of a Christmassy movie it is it is and it's great it's like oh I mean our musical episode did make me realize I'm like yeah if like Starstruck was so good this actually has a similar kind of vibe where it's like kind of very wacky also while simultaneously being like a little bit gritty (laughs) like very hard to follow um but it's It's just like I I dare you to not have a good time with this I mean there's just so much there's also kind of like an interesting component of like oh like these like corporate music suits are backed by like basically like reactionaries maybe literally hitler i feel like there's like a hitler in the mix at one oh, point do you know what wow. i'm talking about yeah okay like I, the, th- I seem to remember this yeah i need to read yeah where it's just anyway it's a great time and it's just um and the ending is really something so um I think it, it's actually probably still on movie because now movie doesn't just like get rid of things so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's just like, if you just want to have joy in your life, yeah. uh, at least as much as we can muster for like the tone of this podcast, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's the most joyful I'd say. Yeah. yeah. It's and just they like, have fun. Just, yeah. It's just fun. The music is like enjoyable and, but it's not, it's, it's a technically a musical, but for people who don't think they like musicals much like starstruck. Yeah. Um, well, not related, but well, I don't know. It's got a, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to force it. It's no. <laughs> um, another t- uh, to be uh horror find. And this is a case where, and I'm sorry to really drill down on to be like their poster art is lacking <laughs> in a lot of ways. Cause I've found that there's some movies I'm like, just I typed in the title. I was like, oh, that's what that, oh, with that awful poster. Okay. And like, so there's a lot of things I passed by because I didn't realize they were actually good movies. Cause anyway, so it's called they make their own posters almost. I don't know. But this one needs to go. It needs to change because um I'll I think actually maybe if I may post about if I okay, I'll post about if I haven't. Um okay, it's called Disembodied. It's from 1998. I think it was actually shot in the mid-90s. And it's got an interesting uh, story that um, okay. So I did, I had to go to the director's like website because I think he like composes music for a living now. And so it was kind of like a whole rigmarole for me to like, even yeah. find any information because it's very, when I say hidden gem, you know what I mean? When I say like <laughs> yeah. no, no budget film, uh, this one is genuine. Like it was, I don't even know if you'd say shelved. It was just super indie, um, but shot really well. And then I think they tried to get distribution in like uh, Japan and maybe some other markets. And then they never got any money for it. It was like, this guy made it with, I think t- two friends. I want to say Arizona, I could be wrong, but if you go to the director's kind of personal, like portfolio website, you can find the information. That's the only place I can find anything about it. So anyways, I think basically it was kind of like, in just kind of like a limbo sort of, not, I would not even shelve because again, no studio was behind it. So it was just kind of more like it didn't go anywhere. And then finally, I think he was like, oh, I found a copy of it in my garage and like, I'll put it on DVD in like in 2015. So, but it's from 1998, I think is technically when it maybe, you know, premiered quote unquote somewhere. <clears throat> and um, when I first read the, the year, I thought 19, I thought I saw 1988 on it. So I kind of went into it thinking, 
and, and it kind of matched what I thought it seemed more like kind of eighties. It was like, it was well shot, but kind of grainy. It kind of had this look of like permanent vacation a little bit, like maybe a little bit better quality, but like, as far as like the film quality. Um, but anyway, and then I was, I finally realized like, Oh, 98. Okay. Um, so it's like, it's got really, it's got nice, like nineties fashion in it. Um, anyway, but basically it's like a no budget film body horror movie, um, about a, a gal that I am struggling to remember if it's like, she's an alien or just, she's got some body horror issues. Her body's doing some stuff. There's some, uh, you know, I don't know her brains in a jar, um, it's, I swear it's better than making it sound, but basically she's got a lot of body issues. So I'm just, of course, I'm like, oh, is this just about the struggles of like having a human body or like, you know, a, a female body or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but she's kind of dealing with that, um, her next door. Well, she's like in the basement of a seedy hotel. And so her like hotel neighbor is a sex worker and she is just like so much fun. And they just have such a great friendship. And like, I was just so prepared for it to like go in different directions with that. And they, they were totally having a good time and her, you know, they're supportive of each other. And so it's, it definitely has like slow, it's like art house indie horror, you know? So there's like these kind of slow uh, moments. So not a ton of things like quote unquote happen, but when they happen, you know, they happen. And I think there's also, um, a guy like kind of looking for her. I cannot remember if he's like a PI or like more like a scientist, like she's dangerous, you know? Um, and so again, it's one of those, I'm like, I don't even know. I can tell you what happened, but you know, uh, she's kind of <laughs> on the lamb. Things are happening with her body. She's not exactly human. And it's got this really like, like, I don't know. I don't want to say sad, but I mean, the sort of sad wistful ending. I don't know. It's surprising. It kind of snuck up on me. Mm. So I was like really shocked that this wasn't huge. And I think it's, I think it's going places as soon as they get a new poster, because, oh my God, the poster is literally just like her head in a jar, like not her head, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it just looks disgusting and stupid. And it's not like that at all. Like uh, her brain's in a jar for one thing. Okay. Not her entire head. Jeez. Anyway. Um, But yeah, free on Tubi, but again, can't stress enough. You're going to think, well, this can't be it. This poster. <laughs> it is. It's, it's that. I'm sorry. Let's make a new poster for that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> new poster art contest. Yes, exactly. Uh, huh. No transition. Just can't make it happen. Um, so another uh, thing that I think of as a storyboard hallmark that I think is probably just a me thing <laughs> just me just i mean you're just pushing it. it right in there yeah exactly uh can't i couldn't let us have a final episode without bringing in some class war and some complete Ooh, yeah. abiding hatred and like murder of the rich so um i think this is like a media like one of the more well-known claude chabral movies from 1995 la ceremony Starring Ooh, yeah. two storyboard favorites, Sandrine Bonaire mm-hmm. and Isabelle Laubert. Let's just say mm-hmm. Laubert. I think people just know her as that. Um, description: Sophie, a quiet and shy maid working for the upper class family. Who knows? I don't know how to say this last name. Finds a <laughs> friend, and I'm like, they're like stupid for rich French people. So we French, don't need to, yeah, yeah. Finds a friend in the energetic and uncompromising postmaster Jean who encourages her to stand up against her bourgeois employers. And boy, does she. <laughs> so I 
watched this and loved it quite a while ago uh, because it is just um, anarchic and it's just Isabelle Huppert doing doing a damn thing. She doesn't give a fuck. I guess when I watched it, my review was uh, Isabelle Huppert dazzles in Gremlins 3. She's basically a gremlin, <laughs> like a cool Marxist gremlin. You know, recently... We watched The Maids, which is was an adept. It was like a filmed version of the Jean Genet mm-hmm. play, yeah, play that starred Glenda Jackson and uh, Susanna York. Um, also, like both extremely cool. It, it's look, I recommend it. It's on Canopy High Camp. And like while we were watching it, I was like, huh, like. I started thinking like, oh, La Ceremonie is really similar to The Maids. Like I'd never read the play. I'll just be honest. Mm. I'm I'm a regular <laughs> Joe. <laughs> and then I looked it up and it's like, oh yeah, well, it's based on, so La Ceremonie is based on a novel, I believe, but that was inspired by mm. The Maids, which is also inspired by the story of these two sisters who oh. murdered their employers. <laughs> so it's like kind of like- yeah reference of reference you know it's just this cool interesting like permutation of all of these different um influences but one of the anyway the thing that the real connection to the maids for me was like watching the maids the ritual that these two sisters do where they're like dressing up as madame i really recommend oh. that movie it's really over the top yeah. they call it the ceremony and i was like huh this really has a very similar vibe to that movie <laughs> anyway i made that connection to my own little beetle brain and then looked it up and that is that is true. But, uh yeah this is i think that they would actually be a great double feature because totally mm. they're very different but i mean it's a damn these are damn good times and you know what i just feel like <laughs> obviously we talk about work a lot um and it had a whole episode on working life and i think just like in the domestic sphere domestic labor um being hired help servants and you're kind of that kind of dynamic when someone it, it's like oh well your employers are so nice to you because mm-hmm. you know they'll like give you hand-me-downs or whatever oh, yeah. and it's like what the kind of nice that like the wealthy are to their servants is really not obviously true kindness or yeah. empathy or, yeah. yeah um anyway recommend the hell out of La ceremony and definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. watch it as like a i don't even know which one you should watch first just watch that and the maids and i don't know we'll plan we'll plan the general strike i suppose or <laughs> maybe farther than that anyway <laughs> get into uh, the households <laughs> exactly uh it's on criterion and probably other places well no transition. Um, so <laughs> I, um, and now I feel kind of bad because I feel like you've got some really good, like actual thematic storyboard. I was just kind of doing what I do is where I'm like, what do I already sort of, what have I been watching and want to talk about? I'm like, what, how can I shoehorn this in to our theme? So, but you know, that's what we do. It's on brand. That's so right. Um, so this one, it, again, it's, I'm coming with a little bit of you know, it's on the dicemeter a bit, um, but you know, for a couple of things, but uh, generally it's fine. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Um, Smil- Smilla's Sense of Snow, which I hate that title. It's just stupid and confusing. And seashells, seashells scenario. Yeah, it's, and Smil, I mean, maybe Smil is a, a very famous Danish name or something, but anyway, Smilla's Sense of Snow. Um, it's from 1997, directed by Billy August. 
who did some um, interesting looking, I haven't seen it, like watched them, but it looked like some interesting early Danish films, but then he went on to kind of make more like prestige Oscar, like claptrap, you know, like best foreign film from Denmark in 1987, whatever, you know, I was like, I don't want to watch that Um, anyway, but this was interesting. Uh, So Julia Ormond is, this is the bit that's maybe dicey half Danish, half indigenous Greenlander. And I'm assuming hmm. Julia Ormond is, I don't know, French or something, right? I don't know. Anyways, um, so she's living in Denmark. Oh, yeah. And also her, I guess her mom was meant to be indigenous Greenland. And I don't know anything about the history of Greenland. So I'm just saying that in that that was the impression I was giving is that they were like live off the land. I don't know if igloos is what, you know what I mean? Like it looked like they were really like rough in it. Kind of like that was her, her upbringing. Like she's real tough, you know, but her Danish dad is Robert Loja. So I'm like, oh, what? what? I was like, okay. Um, anyway, he's in the film. Uh, it's great. I love Robert Loja anyway, but she's living in Denmark and an indigenous. Uh, and again, I don't know if Greenlander is technically the right term, but I'll just, I don't anyways, indigenous boy in her building um, dies under mysterious circumstances and with the help of her, again, Danish father, Robert Loja, <laughs> and her, her hot, mysterious uh, neighbor, Gabriel Byrne, um, she finds out about this really bizarre conspiracy theory surrounding uh, the boy's death. And um, it's kind of hard to explain because it kind of just takes you along. Like you, it zigs and you think it's going to zag. And so hmm. you, it ends up being a little um more sci-fi than you think it would be like i don't know if sci-fi is the right word i don't know it's not really for a second i thought it was going supernatural on me but then i was like well i think it's just meant to be sci-fi but it gets a little more into um there's i'll say it opens with a a meteor meteoroid meteorite whatever coming to earth um whichever one that is uh and so it involves that i'll just say so i was just like i was like where's this headed and then anyway uh so i don't know again i'm obsessed with films with weird tones and this was that <laughs> i mean in some ways it really worked i mean it's kind of like an erotic thriller you know you got the gabriel byrne neighbor thing but then like can it be trusted i don't know she ends up on a i don't know anything about ships is it like an oil rig or i don't know whatever it's a big old mm-hmm. ship um she she stows away on that there's a whole thing with that um the bad guy is i think richard harris um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, like the rich villain guy, uh, so it involves a, a woman trying to, um, yeah, fight the system of, I don't know. Again, like, I guess it'd be like, it's not really oil baron. I don't know. Uh, energy vampire of, I don't know. He's trying to, he's trying to get energy from that meteorite or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. In some ways I'm like, this surprisingly works, but then I'd zoom out and be like, wait, this is crazy. <laughs> So um, it exists. Uh, it's a little hard to track down. I did see it on Prime for a while. And then, of course, as soon as I wanted to watch it, it, it went away. And oh, so yeah. I had to do some clever Googling. Um, it was on like Putlocker or something. But anyway, it'll probably pop up again at some point. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I've heard the title. <laughs> yeah, I've heard yeah. the title, but never knew. It sounds much stranger than I was picturing, to be honest. Yeah, I. it looks like it would just be some kind of romantic type movie from the cover. She's kind of just yeah. wistfully looking over her shoulder and there's like snow yeah. and the title's awful too. So that is, it sounds like it's just a woman that <laughs> just loves snow. I think in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's like that and snow falling on cedars, which yes, is like a- exactly they're the same, right? No, yeah, no. I just it, which is uh, a very different, yeah, <laughs> different but I'm like, oh, it's like a woman, 
erotic thriller. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting. I would I would check it out. Well, and you, you know, know, it's like why not? And why boy, not? if there's one thing that's still there's just such a dearth of erotic thrillers now. Exactly. I'm when desperate for them. So film, you know. and big budget films are so unhorny and sexless. I was days. just listening to a podcast I mentioned. That. I was like, oh my God, I didn't really think about it. But, um, it's but really yeah, true. it's completely true. I was like, okay, I didn't think about, because I, we've talked about how like I'm mostly looking to the past for my films. I mean, I'll still <laughs> right. go to, to the cinema. Um, but I guess I'm, I think of that as like this weird extra thing that I'm doing. I don't know. Instead of like, this is yeah. the main thing is new movies, you know? And oh yeah. So, I yeah. <laughs> we don't cover them. So <laughs> yeah. we don't, uh, Cause I'm just like, um, I don't know what if we cover something and then it becomes like a big joke in two years, you know, we're like, Oh my God, I loved whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's something that sucks. I can't think of anything. Um, and then, yeah, we're like a huge joke in two years. So I was like, if something's already 30 years old, <laughs> no, I'm just saying we're safe. I don't know. Somehow. Come back around. Look at cruising. <laughs> so one of my favorite things um, that I've experienced with this podcast is when like friends or listeners will reach out with movies that they're like, oh, this really reminded me of the podcast. Like not a movie they watched because of the podcast, but they watched the movie and they were like, oh, this made me think of Aww. y'all or like, have you covered this? Um, it's I've, it's, it's like, oh, you get it. You yeah. get us. Well, let's hear the movie first though. Yeah. Right? Like it's, you know, wow. Oh God, I'm like, <laughs> no, I know this one. Well, if you don't lie on letterboxd, I know this one is one we both like. Okay. Um, you're like, I hated it, uh, but I felt obliged to say <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Uh, so that is to say our, I'm going to say our internet friend, cause I don't like to say mutual, mutual follower. <laughs> I mean, I don't No, no. Our, our internet yeah, yeah, friend yeah. on Twitter, Tom, uh, messaged us and was like, oh, have you all covered the eyes of Laura Mars? Because mm-hmm. I watched it with friends last night and it seemed like the <laughs> ideal form of a storyboard movie. And I was like, huh, I had to think about it. And I looked it up and actually like during, during the beginning of 2020, where who the hell knows I did post about it to our Instagram, but neither of us have actually talked about it before. Can't believe so, it. Actually. Okay. I know it actually, it's almost like okay. maybe it was too, it's like too perfect. And like, it was, yeah, we, probably always trees. Thought, we probably always thought we had talked about it. Cause it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Tell, me, tell me about it. So, uh, 1978 directed by Irvin Kirshner, very simple description. A famous fashion photographer develops a disturbing ability to see through the eyes of a killer. Mm-hmm. And so the cast is pretty stacked, if especially for storyboard land. You got <laughs> Faye Dunaway. You got Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, Brad Dourif, who we've <laughs> talked about in recent episodes. That's and I confused with What's his name? Dorf. Oh, yeah. Stephen Dorf. <laughs> Stephen Dorf. You were like, not oh, his yeah. face or resume, just in but the name. Name. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Rene Aubergenois, also known oh, as Odo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Raul Julia. Ooh. And there's somebody else too. Anyway, so yeah, Faye Dunaway plays this amazing. It's just like a peak 70s fashion. I mean, it's really a Lars aesthetic oh, movie because yeah. it's like these, I can't remember. Who is the, who's the freaking, I think it's a man photographer from the seventies who had very similar images. Was it like Guy 
Bourdain or like um, Helmut Newton or I am uh, not sure. Uh, Well, it doesn't matter. There's like somebody in a fashion photographer who really did like a lot of like very dramatic, like a women and like violence kind of like high concept a fashion like helmet newton or it sounds like either one of them but yeah so it might be okay. probably way that off, style yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. um and she uh discovers that i mean this is not explained but she's almost kind of psychic and like sees through the eyes of a killer who's like killing models mm. and um then yeah tommy lee jones is investigating it uh and there's Love just tommy lee. it's just it's a he is uh this is like young Tommy Lee. So you're like, huh, He's this has been a, young. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, oh, what? Like, it's like, it's like almost as though he'd been de-aged, you know, because oh, you yeah. only think of him as old and you're like, oh, they made his face look all smooth. And it's like, oh, no, nope, yeah. that's just what he looks like in 1978. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just like fantastic lofts, you know, it's still, it's like gritty seventies New York. So again, like that kind of uh commemoration of place and it's just almost in like the american jalo vibe Mm, uh just really i don't know it's a very pitch perfect kind of fashion thriller so i don't really know what else to say other than it's she's wearing doesn't she wear like a lot of like cape because it's like a coat but like a cape that you should like sweep around her shoulder kind of yes cape um and then like probably like tall boots and stuff yes it's just a very and then there's like a whole fashion shoot in this warehouse that is like it'll blow your mind it just (laughs) is so cool looking it's very much um I mean, it's really like, again, just to be clear, it's not like good in the sense of like the plot being good but it's good in the sense of, you know why do we, I feel like I always have to yeah, (laughs) we always have to like couch it I'm like it exists, you know, if you're not, if you're not drawn to it by the, the Faye Dunaway and the <laughs> right. fashion yeah. and the Jalo, then I don't know what to right. tell you. Yeah. Um, that reminds me there, cause obviously there are so many Jalo-esque horror movies uh, that are around fashion. And have we talked about Looker? It's like a, hmm. I don't think about Michael Crichton being a director, but I think he directed it. I could mm-hmm. be way off. Um, and uh, yeah, Looker, that's another, just a little pop in, like another one. I don't know if I've ever mentioned, I think I was always like waiting to like, oh, if we ever do, well, we've done a fashion episode, but I, I don't know. I guess like, <laughs> you're like, I was saving it. That. I said, that's what we should have. We were like, here are all the ones I was saving. And I was like, I assume by that I've talked about it, but I might not have, but yeah, Looker. And I can't remember the year, but let's just say, you know, late seventies or maybe 1980 or early eighties or something. And um, I think it's somewhere in that between like that and like peeping Tom from um, was it Michael Powell, you know, like 1960, yeah. I don't know years. I'm sorry. Anyway, but yeah, it's this sort of like killing. I can't remember if you're like killing the model with your camera or some mechanism or like you're shooting her right before or after she died or so, you know, the fear or something like that, but it's somewhere in that realm. And I can't remember the, all the, the details, but I remember uh, really liking that one. That's probably, I feel like that's really gotten the criterion treatment at this point. Um, anyway, yeah, there's another one uh, in that realm. Hmm. But yeah, I need to rewatch uh, Eyes of War Mars because I remember really enjoying it. Um, and I think it was like, I think I may have watched it. It was like featured on movie a long time ago, but I it's around. It's yeah, it's on different. Mm-hmm. different and things. I just got one little last note. Um, this is the perfect storyboard series. I can't believe it's never come up before. Um, 
I, I think I'd heard, but at one point forgot what it was. And I assembled upon it again. Um, but we love our British shows. We love our, you know, uh, procedurals, maybe not, but you know, we love it like a PI, you know, and then maybe another little twist on it. So love joy from 1986 to 94. I think I'm not sure it's how many series within that, but um, so we got a, it's a British series where Ian McShane uh, is an irresistible rogue whose life as an antiques dealer leads him into situations where he's solving crimes usually based around that like particular antique of the week and also the, like the woman he's trying to bed <laughs> successfully. I mean, he's a, he's a hottie. Um, I think he has like, you know, probably like a leather jacket and a, I don't know if he has a motorcycle, but it seems like he probably should. Basically, Spiritual Basically. motorcycle. I've only seen, <laughs> um, I've only seen one episode, but I'm already hooked. Uh, I got James to watch it. And cause I was like, I don't know if, is it when it's like mid eighties British TV, am I going to mm. like it? But it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Uh, I it might be available on like you know Britbox or one of those. I found on OKRU. Um, but yeah, it is a it's a must. I think it's a must watch for a storyboard person. It's more into you know that's into the British shows. Like, oh, have I even talked about Midsummer Murders since our last episode? I've watched like forty five seasons of it or whatever. I don't know. Like 13, 14. Uh, I'm fully addicted and I love it. And yeah, sorry. It's already become such a part of my life. I'm like, oh, we've talked about this, right? I'm like, no, I think you recommended the last episode. Yeah, I think and I recommended I'm, And you were like, oh, I'm, really? Hmm. And now you're like, I'm in I'm the in, baby. <laughs> I'm fully in. I'm on the message boards. I love it. I love it. Um, speaking of specificity, sorry, I'm really going off the rails on this one, but the... Um, we could probably do a whole other bonus episode, our but I'll just say, I love when old women make tea for them and they sit and have a little tea and cake. And I love very specific British things that are probably not really things like the bell ringers and the, Oh yeah. I don't know, all the societies. Um, anyway, check it out. I was hesitant too, but Midsummer murders, uh, check it out and, and love joy. It, Midsummer is easier to find. It's on like to be and, and uh, yeah, and, there's and literally, fun. As Lars, as Lars knows, I'm like, well, you know, when I'm doing my chores, I'll just put it on. There's a Pluto. Pluto's a free app and probably run by like the devil. But anyway, there's a, a 24 hour Midsummer Murders channel. You any time of day, wow. if you're just feeling and I love that comfort blanket, like as a child wow. of the 80s and 90s, I'm like, anytime I need something, I can turn it on. And there is going to be Tom or John Barnaby yeah. waiting for me. And I don't want anyone that, again, I was hesitant of scoffing at it. I thought it was grandma TV. No, like there's minimum three people that die each episode. Yeah. It's usually gruesome. And um, <laughs> it shows it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's I mean, gory. and there's some scandal. I don't know. It was just it's more scandalous and gruesome than you think. And like, but yeah. it's still proper and cute. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you like, if you like Murder, She Wrote, I, I don't like. Have we talked about, I haven't really seen Murder, She Wrote. Which what? Is okay. Well, that'll be, that'll be a, oh a my you know, God. I'll be doing you that. Are, that blows <laughs> my mind. I'm like, you're like exactly the target demo. I know. Okay. Um, my poster of life will be just that. I'll just uh, watch all of them. Oh, you could have like a podcast. It's just about like Mitzvah Murders and Murder, She Wrote and just like talking about them, like, and them in dialogue. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I have been seeking out a Midsummer Murders podcast uh, because I do want people to just discuss because there's a lot, there's a lot to break down about that. Yeah. Show. <laughs> Sorry. There is. There's actually, and there's oh. actually some, some sort of interesting like contextual stuff. Uh, <laughs> a little oh. like, uh oh. But, um, oh, yeah. No, don't talk about the producer. Yeah. He's like, I'm a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but then they, I mean, they did, yeah. Anyway, kind of fix some stuff. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I, of course I try to tell myself like, what's the Columbo thing? It's like, because they're talking about these rich white fucked up people. And so that's why it's like, well, that there's, there's things you can do. <laughs> you don't, yeah. you know. Anyway, you get the idea. They found um, a way um, yeah, later on. Okay. And there's but, lots, lots of weird, cause they're all weird, fucked up rich people. There's lots of weird incest stuff. So that's, <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't worry. We've got plenty. Hey, if you, <laughs> you want to know all the fucking incest movies, Jesus. <laughs> Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that is uh, that's become. I mean, consent. But I will say, it's it's summer. It's like usually, it's like you know, it's like a bro brother sister. Hey, so consensual, (laughs) consenting adults. Um, But yeah, it's right Mm. there, and uh, and then all this doesn't matter. But I'm just kind of surprised because it seems so proper, and then all of a sudden they'll just be like boobs, like every two hundredth episode, and it's fine. I don't care. It's just like, oh yeah, I forget. Like this is fine and. British television like to have on TV. That's fine. That's great. Um, but anyway, sorry. Incest and boobs. Uh love joy. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many British shows to watch, but Love Joy seems like uh, I mean, anytime there's antiques involved, come on, you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. You gotta you gotta and Ian McShane in the leather jacket. Well, it's time for maybe my favorite part of the show, um, the pitch. Um, we never came up with a name and maybe <laughs> it just always stayed that way and that's fine. Um, so um, so what we do is we each bring a couple of our, I don't know, favorite or notable elements um, unbeknownst to the other and we pitch an original story on the spot and um, you know, sometimes it works. <laughs> no, yeah. usually, we usually find a way to make it work. Um, I was just going to go over just to go down memory lane. Um, if you'll indulge me, a couple of my favorite pitches. Um, and it's hard to remember them because I was going through yeah. the old notes and I was like, huh? And I will say like, if we had some sort of like graph of all of our, you know, pitches, I feel like they would all be like, but there's a twist. There's a mystery. There's, right. there's a, you know, mm-hmm. so-and-so is a private detective. I mean, like, anyway, so they're all kind of that. I think I found a few that weren't that. So there's one, and a couple of these I genuinely like. If I could write a screenplay, I don't know. I might attempt to write some of these into a screenplay. If I, you know, sure, just, yeah, just say, be, be prepared. It might happen because um, they're so good. Uh, so one of them was, I think we called it basically like Night Nurse. With uh, mm-hmm. this was like a fantasy one with Karen Black and Donald Pleasance, set like in the kind of early mid seventies. And I can't remember how far we went into the, this story on the podcast. Cause I think I, again, truly like maybe wrote some notes on my own, like, well, this is what I, this is how far I would take the story. So truly, I don't know how much is said in the podcast or my own <laughs> imaginings later on my own fanfic I was writing. Um, but it's basically, it was like, I think a nursing home kind of setting kind of retirement home, nursing home um, in LA, that's like old movie stars. And then maybe there's some sort of like an old movie star, like, Oh, he went missing back in the 
the before the it became the talkies or something and he comes back and he's young i think and then so it's sort of like what the hell's going on is some sort of satanic thing or whatever you know uh may again this may not be what we talked about this okay, is what i remember is this the episode that was called donald pleasance does the admin oh yeah yeah definitely he's the administrator karen black's okay. the nurse and then the patients are all like i used to be buster keaton or whatever mary hopkins or something and uh, yeah, so I loved that one. I thought uh, it had, I thought, I think it could be a great look. I know we, we razz on A24 a lot, but I'm just saying, give us a phone call. <laughs> you know, sure. this is gold here, Blumhouse or I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, I think it would be great for a, genuinely for a movie. Um, another one I really liked was um, Richard E. Grant and Angelica Ross, uh, famous from Pose. And they would be like, um, is like a dance school rivalry. Like they're both teachers at a dance school. And I just wanted them to be like five, six, seven, eight. I want a lot of behind the scenes, like yeah. um, Fosse sort of, uh, or what's it called? Uh, all that jazz, you know, kind of behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff. And then just like their like, you know, rivalry between the two of them. I get, don't know much more than that, but I mean, do you need any more? That's, <laughs> that's all I want to see. Um, and another one I really liked was, and I, I could say the episodes, like uh, Night Nurse was, I guess, quote unquote, season one. I think you already said the title, but season one, episode 17, the Richard E. Grant one and Angelica Ross one was season one, episode 23. Can't remember what the title. Um, but And then this other one, last one is from just a couple episodes ago. Um, so season two, episode, um, it was Sandy Dennis and Roy Scheider. And I mean, come on, this was a good, I, I think it was an audible gasp on my part um, <laughs> yeah. where I, yeah, it was basically like, cause I was like, isn't it crazy that like, and again, I know I have an adorable idea of rich people. I'm like rich people with their, with their jewels and their, and their paintings. Like I understand it's not like modern day. I have a very seventies idea of what rich people are into anyway, but how they kind of like will create counterfeits of their expensive, again, jewels and paintings and such, and then put the fakes on display and have the other ones like in a warehouse or whatever, you know, like it's tucked away, it's locked away. And like, they just know they own it. But anyway, I just like, I've heard stories. I don't know if that's even true, um, but I thought it was an interesting idea. And like Roy Scheider is like a, you know, uh, kind of a, cause he's so cat burglaresque. Uh, I want to see him in a black turtleneck and he's sort of like maybe some sort of go between. And then he's actually stealing everything. And then, well, I won't give it away. You should listen to it. It's only from a few episodes ago, but Sandy Dennis is, uh, is pulling the greatest heist of all. Uh, so uh, that was a fantastic one. Um, okay. Oh yeah. And I did have an honorable mention for Kate Berlant and Darren Chris in a bring it on. It's I think the episode is called bring it on, but vampires. Uh, and there's a lot of rivalries too. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Another, it's a cheerleader rivalry. It's totally different. And there, I guess was their vampire element. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I just wanted them to, I just wanted Darren Chris to get in Kate Berlant's face and say, care to make it interesting. Oh, sorry. That was my, uh, weird fantasy anyway, but for our final pitch, um, I was, so I usually try to find, um, uh, you know, an interesting title along the way. It's a working title and this does not go with my idea, but it is worth mentioning <laughs> that I found this could be, okay. I have an idea for a series. So let's say this is the, f- the title of the first episode. Okay. So, uh, this film genuinely sounds interesting. Um, it's from 1994. Um, it's called cosmic slop. And, and it is a movie composed of three Twilight Zone style vignettes by black directors. It looks really like I'm totally gonna check this out. I've never heard of it. Um, but yeah, Cosmic Slop. 
uh, sounds like something we would mm. say. Like, oh, that's just some cosmic slop. Um, anyway, so uh, here's my series reboot idea. Then you can come in, throw a wrench in it. So let's just do it. Love Joy reboot. I mean, I know, you know, <laughs> I know we make fun of reboots, but I feel like we've talked about if it's something that isn't super famous, then maybe it's fine. Uh, anyway, I love, I love, love Joy, but I'm just, we're having fun here. So I just want more of that. I've only seen one episode. I'm really acting like I'm a huge super fan. So we got antiques, mysteries, ridiculous rich people. Maybe it's slightly sexy, you know, I know. But my actor is Martin Short. So is he Lovejoy? <gasps> and so maybe take away a little bit of the sex Ooh. and you have him with around antiques, you know, and him just like, you know, just taking the piss out of rich people, solving crimes. I mean, he was in... Um, only murders in the building so he's you know murder it's it's hot he can do it um and he can do some serious acting like i saw him oh yeah oh god Ugh. i hate to even mention the morning show it sucks like i don't know why <laughs> i don't even know I, what that is it's is that a, a hate show? watch it's <laughs> a show yeah it's oh my god i don't even really want to talk about it but it's on like apple tv or something it's got like Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Billy Crudup, Crudup or whatever. It sucks. It's about uh, a morning TV show and and it's about cur- like the Me Too movement and stuff. And it sucks. Oh, uh, no. don't watch it. Do not watch it. But point is, <laughs> he plays like a um, a kind of a Weinstein type monster in that. Like you wouldn't think Martin Short oh, would be mm, able to pull off that yeah. vibe. He totally pulls it off. So I'm just saying he can, you know, if he needs to kind of act like around rich people a certain way or something, I don't know. He, he doesn't have to do just broad comedy. He can do, he can do yeah. it all. Um, so uh, like I said, maybe take a, just a little bit of the sex, <laughs> sexiness out of it. Or, you know, he could also, I mean, Martin Short doesn't have to be the lead, but let's just say it's, it, yeah, I'd like to see Martin Short in this kind of role. But yeah, so I've been talking for 50 hours. <laughs> What, what do you got? Sorry, I'm going down memory lane. I'm, I'm talking about a terrible show that no one should watch. Uh, anyway, I've seen every episode of. Oh no! We'll cut oh, that. No, no, it, it's just like a soap opera. Like, it, oh gotcha. it doesn't matter. It's a, it's not even a guilty pleasure. It's just when you're like, well, I'm in for pennies for pounds. You're like, it's guilty torture. Yes, yeah. so I think. Um, so I agree with your favorites. I actually like picked my two things from favorite pitches. So my favorite okay, pitches okay, were, but like, so that's, that's how I was approaching it, but they are also <laughs> recent ones. So they should be well within your memory. Oh, well, um, okay. uh, Cause my favorite one actually is the Roy Scheider, Sandy Dennis, like think mm. out one i think that was like the like final form of Ooh, our yeah that was um, like pure pure us it was great yeah so the idea of like turtles all the way down like a fake out fake out was <laughs> yeah, sort yeah. of the element that i thought which i think would go well with this like private detective kind oh, of yeah. theme and then my other favorite one was actually the one from a few episodes ago where it was like a Citizen Ruth style film starring Patty Harrison as someone who like Ooh. pretends to have oh, been oh, yeah. that was like, <laughs> to have yeah. been and like survived a school shooting um, for cred. So I uh, those could be like the first two episodes too. It could be like yeah. a storyline or uh, the season arc or whatever it's called. You know, yeah. Um, so she's she is my actor because even though I just brought her up obviously i'm a patty harrison fan and i actually just watched that um 
movie I didn't think I would like together together, but I like mm. her so much. And I was like, actually that movie. So it's like her and Ed Helms too. I'm like, mm. I don't like Ed Helms, but he plays yeah. awkward. Well, and for like a, like a lighthearted dramedy, it gets, it gets closer to the idea of abolishing the nuclear family than I thought a mainstream film would. So I was pretty into it. Um, it's just like an enjoyable watch. Anyway, that is to say she can do it all. So I mean, her um, and Martin Short, like uh, antiques and solving mysteries. It's signed me up. I will <laughs> yes. sign up for a fucking Paramount Plus for that or whatever. <laughs> so, give me the weirdest. Like- Peacock, which all moms seem to have on their cable for some reason when you go home and they're like, I don't know how I got this, but (laughs) you have Peacock and you're like, how did you, how do you have a streaming service on your Comcast cable box? Anyway. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. We'll Um, sign up for that um, to watch. Yeah, I would sign up for the most obscure streaming service to watch this show. So take note, uh, IMDb TV or whoever is making shows. Yeah. And like, they're both actually really good improvisational actors. Mm, So I could see that actually it could be, I mean, this reboot, like you said, it it has a different angle. Like it would be probably a lot. It's like funnier. Mm. Um, And yeah, I want to see them get into stuff. I don't know what else to add to this. It is just a shame that our ideas, I mean, take note, just someone, someone send in a, letter i don't know print this oh, out print out send it send a telegram to paramount the- studios <laughs> yeah print out this transcript and send it post haste <laughs> yeah uh because this is gold oh yeah and if somebody makes this we just want like a little credit just a little piece of the pie just yeah. a, a million dollars yeah, yeah. Just- million dollars and a little slice of pie and then we're good but we'll accept between 45 and 700 dollars as well (laughs) yeah yeah Well, it's time for a final radar roundup and uh, things we've been watching or want to watch or, well, this, we've had plenty of warn you against in That's our uh, full episode. <laughs> uh, so I will just start off by saying that speaking of Martin Short, um, so on the last episode, I think, or maybe two episodes ago, you mentioned uh, watching Clifford because you were like, what's the deal with this? And so we, I did watch it because I had seen a clip of like, basically like a super cut of the funniest moments. Uh And I was like, I think this might be genius. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just that I mean, like the look at me like a human boy scene is oh, like definitely genius. Um, I'm like, I will be saving screen grabs of this to my phone for future use. <laughs> um, so watched that, and I mean, it's like a head scratcher, but there's also a really great. I'll link to it in the episode notes because um, there's a really great oral history of Clifford if you've seen it, which I do think you should. Like you, mm. the 
listener, not you, <laughs> Lars. I know you. No, that. I was just like, have I read that? Because I feel like I read it's a really lot of long. After the fact. Okay. Yeah, it's really like a long piece. They go in, they go in on. I mean, it's an interesting story, and boy, Clifford is. I mean, it's really just an excuse for like Martin Short and Charles Grodin to kind of like play off each other, yeah. and um, yeah, it's. I would say you like reading the oral history and then just like watching clips on YouTube of the funniest parts is probably all you need to do because when you're watching it, I don't know. It's weird. It's like really like, this is, this is a hot mess. Yeah. It's almost like anti, anti comedy. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself like thinking about it over and over again. Oh, I just, <laughs> I, saying that, I bet I was really hard on it. I think I was like, I didn't like it. And then I have been thinking about it like nonstop. Yeah. So I'm it, just like, I don't know. I want to see it again, it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be better, you know, but yeah. it's almost like a, it's like an earworm movie oh, yeah. because <laughs> I was like, okay, well, sorry that I made us watch this Joel, but then like neither of us could stop talking about it or thinking yeah, yeah. about it. And then it awakened in Joel, a quote, unquenchable thirst for Martin short. Like, mm, he's like, I well, can't get enough. Can't yeah, get right? enough. Um, <laughs> for all that Martin short content. So I just had to mention that. Um, so thank you for bringing that into my life. I mean, it's, right. it's definitely something let's just, it, it's there. It's there. Um, I also watched a uh, box of moonlight. So Tom DeSolo, I had talked about living in oblivion in a past episode. I think the one about filmmaking, but this one has, I feel like this guy is a storyboard favorite, John Turturro, mm, as yeah. well as Sam Rockwell. And it's a very, I mean, I almost would say it's also a very storyboard movie because it's just like, huh, it's um, not much happens. It's just like a middle-aged engineer meets up with this like off the grid dude played by Sam Rockwell, um, who actually reminds me a lot of a friend of mine. And they just kind of have some adventures together, uh, kind of a midlife crisis movie, but it's just, I don't know, it's, I wouldn't usually use the word quirky, but it is, it is a quirky little film and I think it's on movie right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why not? Um, also watched, I don't know if you've seen this or not, Old Enough by Marissa Silver, 1984. Yeah, I wanted to check it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it stars Rainbow Harvest of Mirror Mirror fame. Ooh, love it. And uh, it's like she's, it's like two girls in New York who meet, um, And there's like the rich girl and then like the working class girl who's played by Rainbow Harvest. And like, they kind of have this like, like bad girls club um, of 12 year olds where (laughs) their worlds kind of cross over. And I think it's a really interesting, like, you know, coming of age, just those kind of class dynamics you don't see as often, especially in an urban environment. My God, thank you. Yes. Children grew up in cities. Cities are good for children. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking hell. Okay. So old enough. Oh, as you say, we talked about Times Square. That's another, I don't know if I ever brought it up, but it's another good one where it's, it sounds very similar in, in theme um, and vibe and everything. Um, but yeah, uh, and there's another one. This isn't necessarily, I don't know if it's like that, but Little Darlings. It just made me think of. Oh yeah, Little, Little Darlings. Darlings. That could be yeah. hell on earth. That's- I don't know, but uh, it looked interesting. It just reminded me of that. Like, I just love that, that genre of like the eighties, like these sort of, I don't know if they're always like bad girls, but yeah, this, but they're sure they're trying to be bad. They're like kind yeah. of, you know, pushing boundaries, out, you know, they are. Yeah. So another one, there's like a whole, I guess I've been like trying to use my movie subscription. There's a whole feature on like new, uh, Korea, South Korean cinema, mm-hmm. mostly women filmmakers, 
there's like a ton of great stuff. Like if you're, you know, hashtag Hong Hive, like I am, there's a lot of sort of like <laughs> Hong Sang Su type oh. of mm. vibe films inspired kind of movies, but many like young women filmmakers, my favorite one of which is moving on by Yoon Don B from 2019. And basically it's like this single dad and his kids, um, are sort of struggling and they move in with grandpa in his house. And it's just, again, actually speaking of like coming of age, like the daughter is older, she's like a preteen and it's her sort of like observing her family dynamics, a really light touch, really kind of um, understated quiet movie, but I loved it. I thought Mm. it was uh, pitch perfect. So that is highly recommended. I just got to love movie. Like if not for movie, I feel like I'd see like no recent movies. So oh yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you to movie. Um, so speaking of that, I will also say on my radar, this is my, for my upcoming movie club session, we're going to watch wife of a spy, which is the new Kiyoshi Kurosawa movie. Oh shit. Oh my so God. it's a thriller, uh, set 1940s, a Japanese merchant leaves his wife behind in order to travel to Manchuria where he witnesses an act of barbarism. And then he kind of wants to be a whistleblower and the, like his wife gets drawn into this whole romantic triangle with like Anyway, there's hmm. a whole, there's like intrigue and stuff. Haven't seen it yet, but can't wait uh, because obviously we're big fans of this yeah. directors on this podcast and mm-hmm. not seen a period piece from him, I don't think. Oh, okay. Interesting. And then one I mean, final movie. Oh, what you, were you going to say? I was saying just report back on that to me. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah. It's on, it's on canopy. So it's, it's like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's like a 2020 movie on or 2021, I think like on canopy. Oh, wow. like, oh, big don't for me. I can't even so weird. I'm like, I don't know. You're like, whoo, that's, oh, but I mean, okay. it's Kurosawa. So I think it'll yeah. be really good. <laughs> um, and then just last night I watched the movie roadkill. It's a Canadian film, 1989 by Bruce McDonald, who went on to direct Pontypool, like oh, two and a half mm, decades later, three decades later. Yeah. Um, so it's this is a very storyboard movie uh <laughs> ramona works in a concert agency and is sent after the rock band children of paradise who disappeared since she can't drive she has to well she takes like a taxi and then like goes off into like northern ontario so like i mean really hicksville to try to follow this band uh so she's like going through the canadian backcountry and meets up with some strange characters like filmmakers drifters other odd fellows um there's a it's like very clearly like canadian music scene focused um there's cameos from different bands soundtrack wise but it's just like this very lo-fi kind of road movie Mm. um and the main character is really great and there's a really there's a fun cameo at the end so it's on it's also on canopy so it's like it (laughs) has not does not really get talked about doesn't seem very um well known but it is i mean it's someone who went on to direct kind of like a pretty big canadian movie so the title sounds familiar so i'm assuming it's in my letterbox to watch list it sounds like it kind of reminds me of i don't know if i mentioned on the show but candy mountain which is a um oh i'm trying to think uh 87 maybe and it's kind of a road trip movie and oh god of course i'm trying to i'm grasping to remember um it has like bull auger like the french actor and um 
a lot of like cameos. And I'm trying to think of the, if it's, I'm going to get everything wrong about it, but I think one of the directors or co-writers was Rudy Wurlitzer. And anyway, um, but it reminded me of that, um, that that film might be hard to track down anyway, but another one I kind of mentioned to you uh, via text was cold fever. I don't know if you ended up watching Mm. it. Um, And I remember thinking good things about it. Um, And it might be available on like, okay, are you, but cold fever, what was that like mid mid nineties, late nineties or something. Um, it was like a Japanese man who's maybe his parents died in Iceland and he like tries to maybe go like, I don't know if he's like finding, <laughs> picking up the Rollies or finding them or whatever kind of track, you know, he's just, he goes to Iceland and I think he like picks up a lot of people along the way. Anyways, it just reminded me of that. So uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, was there anything else on your list? Sorry, I kind of wrote that. <laughs> you know, I was like, it was this thing, you know. Um, because I got a list here, you know. Yo, go, yeah, go to, get town. Into it. go to town. Uh, um, I know there's a lot of pressure, like, what am I going to land on in my last radar? But <laughs> just things, there's a genuine, you know, like bookmark of what I was watching at the time. Um, same old kind of crazy storyboard stuff. So uh, subspecies is another classic to be horror film that hmm. the poster is like, is this anything? Um, it actually was pretty good. I think it might even be the f- first American film uh, shot in Romania. Like, hmm. and it was from, uh, of course I, don't, I didn't write them down the year, but I want to say about r- around 1990. Um, and so, in which who knows that that could be like a Wikipedia or a IMDb trivia fact, quote unquote. Um, but it's a surprisingly uh, like well-made vampire movie with like, you know, some like nineties fashions, like this, these three girls that are like studying abroad and uh, I don't know, they meet this like hunky <laughs> vampire guy. I don't know. And I guess his family's all, you know, vampires all the way down. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think there's like a bunch of sequels. I don't know if they're good, but now I'm curious. So uh, subspecies um, uh, phantom of the mall uh, which I think I told you about, which is like exactly what you want it to be. It is a fan of the opera style guy that's like, his face is fucked up. And, he, you know, and he's like living in a mall, like in a classic <laughs> 90s mall. Because um, I don't know, something happened. It, it seemed very, I haven't watched Charlie really much or any 90210 Melrose Place type of stuff, but it seemed like that sort of uh, vibe Ooh, and that level. You me interested. Of yeah, and, I've watched those all. Okay, well, I think you might like it. Um, and I think Morgan Fairchild is that her name? I think she gets like thrown <laughs> through glass window. Oh my god! Like it's crazy. I mean, it's pretty wild stuff. Um, it's what you want it to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I don't even. I barely want to mention this one. But if you're looking for, if you're like, I love the room, and I like, you know, cringy, you know, just crap. Um, Night Killer exists it's on to be it's i don't like it but it's there if you want something that's the worst acting in the world uh directed <laughs> by the guy that did troll 2 i'm just saying it's there oh, not for cool. me it's even it's too bad it's too much for me you know what i mean so you know it's yikes um i oh yeah speaking of yikes i finally watched um pretty baby because uh, oh. Pla- the poly plot of it all i was like okay you know hey stop being so middle brown what moralist shit just watch it maybe it's maybe it's actually fine um i feel like i'm on a watch list now because it, it oh, oh no has, uh sorry i know we talk about our are sort of like but it's got the, no it's um it has problems i don't see how it was made 
Uh, oh, no. it, I didn't feel right watching. <laughs> oh no! But they're, they're gorgeous outfits. But you know what? If you like that era of outfits, watch what was it? Love and Anarchy. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Lana Vertmuller. Uh, watch that because it's similar outfits. Sex workers, and I think there are they're of age. So um, they are of age. Go yes. for that. I'm just saying, if you want that vibe. Um. Anyway. Uh. Oh yeah. I watched Shocker which I think is like Wes Craven. Sorry, I was very lax on my notes this time. Um, so yeah, it's a, um, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. Uh, you know, one of those classic serial killer um, is living in electricity. I don't have to say that he was like, he's, <laughs> there's another one that's like ghost, ghost in the machine. It's a similar thing, right? I'm a serial killer and I'm like living in the electric grid. I don't have to say that. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's popping up. He's killing people through electricity. It's, I think I mentioned the trope before that eighties love visible lightning as like electricity as power as whatever, you know, so zapping off your fingertips. So there's a lot of that. And there's a crazy meta. um, I I guess the climax or the third actor, the big, whatever scene is like, they're in the TV and people are literally flipping through their channels and they see them. Like, so there's the news or whatever going on. And there are these two guys fighting, duking it out, you know, whatever. And people are like, what's going on here? Like it gets it's pretty ridiculous, but it was kind of genius. Um, so there's that shocker. Um, and if you want that, I'm giving you everything, you know, anything yeah. you want here. Okay. Opposite of that, Roseland is Christopher Walken is a ballroom gigolo um in i think it was like late 70s new york and uh so it's just kind of like this gentle movie about like the roseland ball ballroom and it's shot there and there's just mostly like older people and so it's mostly sweet story there's a couple of different like vignettes different little stories but yeah the christopher walken one was of note um and so they get opposite of everything i was just talking about <laughs> all there so it's, it's a little sweeter um oh a really good one that had been on my list for a minute um, I start counting, uh, late sixties. I think her name is like Ginny a gutter. Um, I think she was in walkabout. Um, anyway, so, uh, British, uh, actor, and she is like a young girl, like teenager who thinks that her, I was not quite clear on this, but he's, she has like an older stepbrother, uh, that lives with her and he's like 32 or something. I think he's like, maybe even a teacher at the school or something anyway. And she's like, got a crush on him. Um, and she, but she also thinks he might be a local like serial killer. And she's maybe is, is like, Oh, is she trying to cover up for him? Is she going to turn him in? What's going on there? So that was really genuinely good. Um, Oh, what else? Uh, bright young things. I feel like, Oh yeah. Was it our first episode? Maybe that we talked about, I mentioned Stephen Fry in a pitch. Hmm. Um, and so he directed, I don't know if he directed anything else, but bright young things, um, I think it's like early 2000s. Um, it's a like a genuinely funny adaptation of uh, Evelyn Law, Law's uh, Vile Bodies. Um, so yeah, I genuinely was like, oh, this is like funny. It's not just like, oh, you know, sort of uh, drawing room, right? Comedy, whatever. You know, I was like, oh, I, I really appreciate this. Like, it really felt like a Stephen Fry project. You know, um, I love him. So anyway, um, and oh yeah, I was gonna oh a couple more things. Uh, Hellbent, um, I saw, on, I found through Letterboxd, it was on Tubi, uh, it's just like about a, a band that, and I'm trying, sorry, I did not write on any years this time, but it was just like, it's the early mid-80s, 
a band that's kind of punk-esque um, and the lead singer sells his soul to the, Satan, but Satan's basically just like a music producer. And uh, yeah, just that's that's all you need to know. There's other storylines, but um, it's a, I didn't, I was vaguely aware of vinegar syndrome as like, I know they, I guess they basically like restore kind of like grindhouse and horror movies. And so on Letterboxd, I have like a whole list of like what they do. And I'm not sure the best way to see that if it's, you know, digital or if it's DVD, I'm not sure the whole vibe, but they choose good, uh, interesting titles. So Hellbent is one of them. Oh yeah. And then this uh, film you had mentioned to me, and I don't know if we actually, if you ended up mentioning it, but um, on the show, but Hell Up in Harlem. um, And I don't know much about black exploitation or anything, but like, I will say it is phenomenal camera work. It is the only use of the fisheye lens that has ever seemed necessary (laughs) to me. I like James and I were watching it. We were shrieking. It was so good. Every shot was like, it's what an action movie like should be and more. So yeah, Hell Up in Harlem. Um, I think it's, it was on maybe Tubi or Canopy. It's around. Yeah, one of those. It I is, think it's- yeah, it was like, one of the, I was like, this is one of the best films I've seen in a minute. It was so like fresh and uh, yeah, the camera work alone and everything about it. But yeah, I mean, and the only other thing I, I have upcoming, I mean, there's so many things on my letterbox list. I mean, I just like couldn't choose. I was like, I want to see everything. Um, uh, but one that kind of stood out was uh, that I have not seen, I'm interested in. Um, it was called Hell Cab, also known as Chicago Cab from 1997, uh, directed by, I don't think they directed anything else, but John uh, Tintori and Mary, um, I don't know if that's Cybulski, Cybulski. Um, it's about a taxi cab driver picking up various fares throughout Chicago. So kind of a, was it night on earth sort of vibe? Um, but the, uh, I guess I'm assuming, I don't know who the driver is like actor wise, but the people he's picking up potentially, uh, Julianne Moore, Jillian Anderson, Tracy Letts, Michael Ooh. Ironside, Michael Shannon, Laurie Metcalf. And I'm like, why have I never heard of this? Uh, anyway, so, uh, I gotta check that out, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can always, I think in the show notes, we're going to have like our, uh, or at least I'll have my letterboxed, um, you know, link to that. I mean, there's basically, we're going to be out there. We're going to be watching movies. We are. We may not yes. be recording it, you know, but we're going to be there if you just want to know. I mean, that's, you're here for the, right. You're not here for, you're not here for us, right? You're here for those, those wrecks, <laughs> you're for those. you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and just you- get right to it. And, <laughs> um, and I was just going to mention, um, so for my day job, I'm putting out a, um, a bi-weekly newsletter. Um, and even if you don't care about my, you know, shilling myself for my fashion uh, thing, the, I will have a, like a movie mood board uh, watch list every, so every two weeks I'll basically have probably five films and it's just, I'm shoehorning that in. I don't know if anyone wants that on the fashion end of it, but I'm doing. <laughs> so if, uh, if you want a couple of, of recs that way, we'll have a link to that. I'm sure like on my website at the bottom, you know, you can sign up for the, the newsletter. Um, but yeah. Um, I am a subscriber. I am looking forward. I look for, I've added things to my own personal watch list. Yeah. I'll I'll try to do themes. Basically kind of what we do, you know, the kind of like, okay, this this week is, or this bi-week, whatever you call it, um, fortnight is like food or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, which is the nineties. Yeah, know. exactly. It'll be the same kind of vibe. Um, distilled. You don't have to listen oh, yeah, to Oh yeah. You have to hear this, <laughs> this, this chatter from the crones. Um, yeah. So just, yeah, we'll still be around. Uh, we'll be around. Later. You can 
yeah, we'll we'll link to these things in the episode notes. And yeah, I think <laughs> there's not really a way. <laughs> there's not a way to wrap it up with a bow. No. Oh, and I will like also stay tuned because we have like a little a little something extra yeah we're um, a little something a little something don't hold us to it but for we're our pals yeah let's be as coy as possible just got something up our sleeves yeah. <laughs> um, but we thank you if you've been on this journey with us uh uh the you know hopefully i don't know when you when you view a head scratcher of a film you know maybe you'll think of us I yeah. don't know, you know yeah just picture us like turning our little sign around in our cafe <laughs> but we're like still there oh yeah well uh we'll always be with you every time you see a weird ass movie <laughs> right. you know we're exactly. there we're in your hearts yeah like weird fake pressure to like I don't know anyways wrap it all up like finale of mash or something (laughs) well you know the thing is that I feel like in 2021 nothing ever really dies because like every show that ends they're like reboot revival they're just like we're bringing people back from the dead we're doing whatever so I feel like you should you know HBO will be like we'll pay you two to just have a we're going to um, find hotter 20-somethings to yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. <laughs>